Content warning. This episode contains mentions of blood, dismemberment, alcohol and drug use, religious imagery, and crucifixion. Welcome to Table It, a micro-RPG podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm one of the hosts and the editor of this production. Table It is an excuse to get my friends Max, Matt, and Manny to play micro-RPGs with me. We are all interested in game design as well as actual play, so each game will get a review at the end. Stick around and hear our opinions, as well as if we put the game back on the shelf, or if we would table it and play it again later. Hey everyone, this is Editing Tim. Um, I'm just going to let you know that this particular run is definitely not going to be a two-parter or a one-parter. This is probably going to be a lot longer than that so you're gonna have to wait quite a while for the the review uh this week we're playing uh, hexing tide by will phillips you can find it on itch.io and as a special treat we have will phillips here hey hey everybody <laughs> all right so we're gonna start off with a uh a player uh, introduction and then do a character introduction why don't we start with matt all right, so I'm Matt. I'm actually going to be running Hexing Tide today for a game of minimalist, monstrous role-playing. I'm way too excited. My pronouns are he, him. Okay, uh, my name is Manny. I use they, them pronouns, and I will be playing Kevin O'Neill, uh, pronouns he, him, a changeling private eye. Nice. Uh, my name is Max. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I am going to be playing Rhett Winfield, a clairvoyant secretary. And Rhett's pronouns are? He, him. Thank you. Well, this is Will. I'm also playing, super pumped. My pronouns are he, him. And I will be playing Elisha Truman, an ancient... Gollum, who has migrated to the city and fallen in with this cast of characters, and has he/him pronouns as well. Gollum, I don't even know him. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I'm hi, I'm Tim. I'm, my pronouns are he/him, and I'm gonna be playing Gab. Uh, uh, their pronouns are he/they, and uh, he is a fallen angel demon hype man. I am so interested to see how this pans out. <laughs> That's a voice of confidence from the GM right there. <laughs> that confidence comes from playing way too many games with Tim over the years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Got to be honest. Um, so I'm really excited to be running Hexing Tide today. Like I said before, it is minimalist, monstrous role-playing. And it's designed to be a much longer form game than we usually do. So today we're running a one-shot as compared to... A single page RPG. Um, for folks who are interested in this, um, it's effectively a rules light Chronicles of Darkness setup. It's very, very interesting, very story driven. And we're playing today set in 1920s New York esque full noir style. The scene opens, it's mid morning possibly close to noon dreary overcast skies the camera pans out to focus on a brownstone on the side of the street slowly zooming in on a single window 
And as it goes through, there is a very long, scrawny man lounging on a chair with a, with a, with a paper novel in his hand, talking to a, talking to a well-built, well-dressed, bald and eyebrowless uh, character discussing literature. Gab and Elisha? <laughs> well, you see, the, uh, the, the detective novel is the perfect breakdown of humanity's struggles. You just can't get any finer point on it than that. I mean, I, I, I appreciate your love affair with 20th century American popular literature, my friend, but I went to some expense to acquire this first edition of Victor Hugo's work here, and I'm just saying, I think you will find it quite delightful as Elisha pulls a uh, still uh, in a paper-wrapped and tied carefully uh, packaged book from uh, his his bag that he brought with him and slides it across the table and leans back in his chair, puts his fingertips together, arches, you know, where his eyebrows would be, but being a completely hairless person, uh, his heavy brow and says, I think you'll enjoy it if you just give it a chance. And he mumbles under his breath for once. Uh, Gab uh, takes their feet off the table, leans forward in this office chair that squeaks with the loudest of screech, and goes, well, I'll certainly give it a try. I can't say I got I got very far in the last one you gave me, but uh, who's the hero in this one? At this point, the, the, there's a knock on the door. <gasps> a customer. <laughs> uh, Gab uh, stands up, practically vaults over the desk, and runs to the door, and opens it up. Uh, you see a, you see a uh, pretty ragged factory worker. I mean, it's newsy cap, just covered in soot, covered in dirt. Uh, yeah, is this the PI's office? Oh, uh, yeah, you got a PI's office, but uh, we're we're booked up. You're gonna want to go down the hall. I j- Here, I j- let me introduce I- you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gav just like. Uh, walks past him, reaches down to put a hand on his shoulder, and then guides him around the corner to the adjacent PI office and knocks and on unfazed, <laughs> totally unfazed by this interaction because Elisha has seen it happen and play out repeatedly. He just sighs a little bit uh, and reaches over t- across the desk to grab the latest, greatest pulp novel that Gab has been working through and just casually, calmly thumbs through it. He figures that Gab will be back any moment. Uh, and back to their you know, regular morning discussion of fine literature. So, uh, Gab, do you... Question for Gab. Uh-huh. Do you just open the door and usher them in? Do you knock on the door? Ooh, I like the idea of not having a whole lot of idea of protocol. So I think uh, Gab, like, knocks on the door and opens it immediately. Just like, boom, boom, like... <laughs> <laughs> like you're supposed to knock but like this is urgent this guy clearly has a job <laughs> great hey oh. Kevin <laughs> Kevin is in his back office um, 
He's uh, there. You, you would notice a gray fedora on the table, long gray trench coat. Uh, and he has his feet propped up. Uh, he's got a cigarette in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other. And the light, the gray light, is streaming in through the Venetian blinds over his face. And you hear a voiceover that says, Another day in the city. <laughs> I do want to make a quick. <laughs> it's only a voiceover for him. No yeah, one it's just totally one. fourth wall breaking just internally. He's narrating his. <laughs> the camera's doing his <laughs> He just says it out loud. <laughs> the camera's doing a slow pan outwards as this happens. And then back through the door to that office into the actual entryway where we see Gab, the, uh, the, the factory worker, and Rhett at the actual mm-hmm. at the actual front office. <clears throat> oh, hey, Rhett. Is Kevin in? <clears throat> Good morning, Gab. Thank you for, for knocking and, and introducing yourself so gently. Um, what can we do for you this morning? Yeah, I've 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 got a, a, a I got a I think it's a body and I was told this was the place to find the folks who dealt with the weird stuff. Mm, the weird stuff. You uh, do tell. Um listen, uh th- thanks for stopping by. What's what's your name? Uh, my name's Bill. Bill. And how old did you say Bill looked? Bill looks to be late 20s, early 30s. Um, old enough to have a have a family, mm. old enough to be providing. You can't really tell by his garb. Sure, he's definitely the type to punch in, punch out. Sure. Tin lunchbox. Sure, sure. And this well, is a. What day of the week is this? It's just like a g- generic weekday. Generic, generic weekday. Okay. Sure. Great. Let's say it's a Tuesday. <clears throat> Well, well, thank thank you so much for stopping by, Bill. And and Rhett stands, um, and you guys see a tall, um, thin, uh, very pale, kind of undernourished-looking sort of fellow. Um, he has dark hair that's kind of gelled into a, a very smart curl um, on it on his head, and thin glasses. Uh, which he seems to constantly forever be adjusting and taking off and cleaning and adjusting and and putting back. Um, He's wearing a very smart uh, sort of suit, um, but you can see it is is well loved and worn and has been embroidered in some places. Um, So uh, Rhett stands and says, uh, excuse me, we've we've got an awfully busy schedule today. Uh, Why don't you take a seat? Can I get you anything? And goes over to a a tea and drinks cart. Uh, Yeah, just uh, coffee, if you have it. Excellent. And Rhett starts, like, hardly even looking, reaching over, making the coffee, knows exactly where everything is, pulling out different things, getting it going, and in a, in a flash uh, is pressing the cup of coffee into Bill's waiting hands and says, one moment, please, I'll be right with you. Walks into the back, shuts the door. <clears throat> we got a client. Hold on, I'm doing my monologue. You're not. We've got a client. <laughs> Fine. What's your schedule look like? Can you take a new one? Uh, let me take a look. Uh, 
he pulls out his uh, little day planner, looks and says, uh, hmm, hmm. Well, I'll tell you, Red. Looks like I got more time than I have hot baths, so uh, why don't you <laughs> see him in? <laughs> All right, and uh, on my way out, I grab the day planner, I jot down for the a week away, three o'clock haircut, hand it right back to you, take the whiskey, throw it in the trash, and then open the door. <laughs> Uh, right this way. Uh, you find uh, uh, Gab standing at the door, quickly leaning away as if he wasn't listening. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Gab ushers, was it Bill? Yep. Uh, uh, ushers Bill in. Uh, thank you. I, th- I think. Have a seat, young man. Uh, sure. My name is Kevin O'Neill. What can I do you for? Uh, there's... There's... There, a guy died in the alley behind my, behind my behind my building. That's, uh... I think. That's hardly, uh, cause for concern. People die every day in the city. Yeah. Why didn't you go to the police? There's no blood. No blood. He surreptitiously takes a pencil and, like, writes no blood in his notebook. (laughs) And then he puts out his cigarette, lights another one. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know he's dead? How do you know he's not just... His head's off. Mm, That does... That that is damning. (laughs) That is damning. Um... It's outside your place, you see, you say? Yeah. Is th- yeah, just in the alley behind the building. Yeah, interesting. Where's this building at? Six blocks that way. Mm-hmm. And he just, he gestures, like, down the street. And what do we know about that neighborhood? It's a human neighborhood. Um, there's, uh... Being part of the other world community, as you all are, you know that some some of the community members do intermingle around, but there's no specific like living space that is like one apartment building that if you're supernatural in one way or another, you live here. Mm-hmm. They're scattered about in the uh, on the mundane side. Majority human neighborhood, and do we know it as being relatively safe? Like, is this an area where, you know, there would be a lot of random homicides and Behead, things of beheadings. that nature? Yeah, there's there's some random muggings. There's a couple of assaults. There's a couple of gang fights. Um, every so often, there's a mafia a mafia man who will come through and knock on doors. Mm-hmm. Every so often, there's a chase going down. It's not a random homicide neighborhood. Okay. Um, it's pretty much your typical noir style grit, as it were. Okay. And what do you expect us to do about it, Mr. Uh, Bill? Can I call you Bill? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So what do you expect us to do about this dead body? I'm a detective agency. Or I'm, I'm a private dick, you see. I don't, I don't do cleanup. I was hoping you could figure out what uh, 
What happened to him? It sounds like he got decapitated. Job done. That'll be five hundred dollars. Now, <laughs> why me? Why are you searching? He's really me good. <laughs> well, I went. I went to the cops, and they said uh, they weren't going to touch it. Mm. And they said you've that you've, tracks. They said that the uh, the PIs in this building have handled the weird stuff before. And I look over at Rhett, and I was like, Rhett, do we currently qualify beheadings as weird stuff? I take out from my inside of my suit pocket and flip open uh, an extensive sheaf of papers, and I'm taking a look with my glasses. Yep, indeed. Yes, this would qualify. <sighs> All right. Seems I'm not going to get back to my... Uh very busy schedule today and I knocked back the <laughs> last of my whiskey after pulling it out of the trash yes <laughs> I, have another I have another bottle in the uh, I have another bottle in the desk I take take a slug out Rat rolls his eyes I, uh, I stub out my cigarette and I was like he put my overcoat on off the, the coat coat rack and throw it on and take my fedora off the desk and put it on and walk out and then um, stick my head back into the office and be like, well, come on. Yep. As yep. I light another cigarette, strike <laughs> <him> <laughs> <sighs> Bill's Let's walking going. With. Bill's walking with. Great. Uh, so am I. Rhett will follow. Yep, of yep, yep, of course. Carefully uh, following behind you, doing the actual work of like closing doors and locking things and turning yeah, lights off. I, don't, I, don't, I just like leave doors open. Great. Uh, on the way out, uh, Gav is going to poke his head back into his office and say, uh, um, Mr. Truman, there's a. Uh, Kevin's got a case you want to come with? Oh. Mr. O'Neill, Mr. Winfield. Headless body. Well. No blood. Oh, headless body. How macabre. It would be remiss of me not to accompany this uh, plucky band of adventurers on their business today, wouldn't it? And he (laughs) puts the uh, dime store novel down, arranges it very carefully and particularly on the desk, stands up, smooths out his silk smoking jacket that he arrived in, takes his fez, puts it on his completely bald pate, uh, and walks out in the hall to meet the group. He's wearing uh, a fez? I love it. He's totally wearing a fez, yeah. And uh, and nods to the customer. He says, oh, I'm sorry to hear of your troubles, but I uh, assure you, you are in certainly capable hands. Mr. Truman, and he extends his hand to, to Bill. Yeah, uh, Bill Tyler. Mr. Tyler, sorry for your troubles today. Sure you don't mind me accompanying the uh, professionals on this. I might have some uh, value to add, I believe. Well, 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 it looks like we got a real rat pack here. (laughs) Bill shakes his head no and just starts wandering down the way, showing you guys where to go. Great. Yep, we follow Bill. Definitely. Is this a, a walk around the corner distance? Is this a hop a cab trolley? It's about a, distance. It's a walkable distance. 
It's about a five and a half, six blocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he so as as we step outside the brownstone, um, Mr. Spielhofer, the butler, is probably still waiting for <laughs> Elisha mm-hmm. to return, and so he just waves him off and says, you know, gives him the whole like, "We'll be back." So just keep the keep the car available uh, mm. as he catches up with the rest of the party. As you as you wish, sir. You're Mr. Uh, Kevin, Spielhofer. Kevin uh, doffs his uh, fedora at Mr. Spielhofer as they, they pass. You get about a block away from the building. And Bill Bill points it out and says, it's, it's that alley on the left-hand side. You go, around, you, go, you go right down through and then just around to the back, and that's where, that's where I found it this morning. But my shift's about to start. I got to go. And he starts running. God damn, mm. we're not going to get paid for this one either. Ah, damn me hey, and my hey, humanitarian. Hey, Bill, where do you work? He's already gone. Well, that's too bad. I was really hoping to uh, maybe catch up with him later. Hmm. Oh, we can find him. Anyway. <sighs> if I had a, a dime for every human that went screaming off in the other direction over my years... I've yeah. had many dimes. <laughs> well, let's have at it, oh professionals. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll walk up to the body and take a look, see. Yep, looks like his head's off. That's probably what did him in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that- I like that your guy has like <laughs> to be this, like... Incredibly dramatic noir private eye detective, but is also apparently a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll kneel uh, down and it said that uh, Bill yeah, said think, there I was think we, no. We yeah. solved your adventure, Matt. So it <laughs> was a great game. Well, Good game, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said there was no blood. So I'll, I'll go down and is is there no blood? There's no blood. Um, yeah. Is the, the head, head there? No. It, no. Head. Okay, the now head that is oh, there. That's that that's, qualifies as weird stuff. Now that's a little bit weirder. Um, <laughs> as you get closer and you start looking through it, you realize the where the neck should be. It's actually a really ragged uh, decapitation, as it were. Mm. And there are scratches, slices, and punctures over all of the exposed skin. You can see. Okay. And none of them are bleeding. Um, I think I want to. A couple like, of them have blood stains. But. Okay. Uh, okay, so I think I want to. Okay, so blood stains. So blood stains, but no blood pouring out of the wounds on the corpse. Mm-hmm. Is there blood on the ground at all? Nope. Okay, okay. Mm. Looks like this poor sucker's been sucked dry. I was going to do something, but I completely forgot. Is the body cold? Doing math? <laughs> the, uh, yes, I am doing the math. <laughs> hey, Kevin, do you think it was some kind of uh, sloppy vampire? 
Uh, if I had a dime every time I met a sloppy vampire, <laughs> I'd have 20 cents. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird <laughs> that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> the, bo- the body is cold. All right. But for, when you pick it up and move it, you realize that there is a whole bunch of stuff on top of it. This body was left here a while ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally this is where I would ask for some sort of investigation check. So I'm just going to go ahead and pull off the fact that you're here, Rhett, and you're <clears throat> really the brains behind the fedora. Yeah. I Actually, you know what? I am going to ask, ask you to make a roll for that, using that power. Ooh. Well, I guess my question would be, um, is it so much an investigation of the body in the sense that I'm joining Kevin to like observe? Or should I wander into the alley and Ooh. see if the body's spirit is here? That one. That Let's would be that one. That's your choice. Yeah, I think uh, like because if, yeah, I was going to kind I of like you to nod, the body. Yeah, I'm like examining if, the body and I kind of nod to you. Great. If, if you out. can potentially investigate the cause of a murder, only to find out that someone just you could talk to them and say, "Hey, who killed you?" That'd be so easy. It'd be <laughs> great. Yeah, but I think it's not gonna. I don't yeah. think it works like that. So. I was going to leave you to your investigation of the body. You are a private eye after all. I have an actual investigation thing that I want to do. That you can do. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, let's see what you do. So I think Rhett, um, pocketing the daybook and schedule planner, nervously adjusts his glasses on his nose and steps further into the alley. Um and just is doing that thing when you are about to head into a dark basement or perhaps pull back the shower curtain in a home you don't know well. Uh Uh-huh. And that, like, like, I'm going in. So I'm going to just go in and see what I see. All righty. See what you see. Yeah, so how do I do... do? Okay, so this is going to be a power check so i think right i think i'm gonna do i think the uncertain outcome is interesting enough to ask for the power check here yeah so what it is is you roll the peril die for the relevant peril right um add the power score to it and you can optionally add points to your portent to boost it by that amount right Okay. So I think that this would be the fear of it, I think, would be danger or, yeah, because potentially terror. It could be, but it's this is more of you're trying to be intellectual about it. True, true. So danger is more for, it's for actions of risk, aggression, or stealth. Right. This, honestly, I think is an isolation role. Sure. Actions involving academic or esoteric knowledge, observation, and social interaction. That makes sense. Yes. And that's the part that scares me. Yep. Is is that. Okay, so that's a a big uh, one. I need a D10. Can I borrow your dice? Mm Mm-hmm. Great. So I'll need a D10 for that. And then a power, um, which is three. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's Um, your D10 plus three. Yep. 
And do I roll anything else? Optional portent points. You can choose to add add points to one of your portents to make it closer to going off mm. in order to give that much of a plus to the roll. I don't think I'm going to do that yet. All right, I cool. I think it's early, early days, early moments. So okay. it's D10 plus three. All right, oh, nice. I rolled a 10. So you got a so 13. Plus three, 13. And you needed a six or better. Yeah, so got it with room to spare. Congratulations. Nice. What was the name of the power, by the way? The power here is, uh, I, I guess I gave it kind of a stupid name, uh, Psychic Ability. <laughs> but I should come up with something fun. I should come up with something fun. Um, so evocative. Yeah. I will call it seeing beyond i i like it Ooh, yeah that's better so you go walking through the alley and uh you see you see uh two figures standing standing in the corner uh smoke smoking cigarettes you see another figure kind of floating through the air and just like Someone who's recognized you. You realize this. The, the one who's floating through the, air, through the air. This is someone who's recognizing they're dead and seeing what they can do to fuck with it. Mm. Um. And then you watch some very interesting flickers <coughs> that seem to be scurrying back and forth into and out of your vision. And as you focus in on it, you watch as two of these humanoid shapes that are moving on all fours start to come into a clearer focus dragging they're Ooh. acting as if they're dragging something mm. and you realize this That's is something good. you don't see often but you're watching a quite literally spiritual echo mm. of what was happening and as they're they move that they're they move like they're dragging it and they go around the corner to where the body is. Two humanoid figures, but on all fours, mm -hmm. dragging a body. And do they see me? Nope. They the don't. echoes the echoes are just echoes. Something that something oh. that happened. Okay. In a manner that still affects is still affected by what you can see and do. Okay. So back at the body, I would like to... You said there was stuff on top of the body. Mm -hmm. um, so can I reasonably assume that the body wasn't killed here? Yes. Okay. Um, my question for you is, based off of like the injuries or the placements, do I recognize if there's any sort of like ritual to this? Um... Could I do a roll to figure that out? You could do a roll. I don't think it's interesting to see you fail on this one. Okay. Um, because there's this is no ritual that you recognize, if okay. it's a ritual at all. Okay. Um, all of the scratches and marks on the body, none of the, they seem to be randomly placed more than anything else, rather than like, oh, this was done with precision and whatnot. Yeah. They're all over the place. Um, sometimes they're in pairs. Sometimes they're in sets of four. Sometimes it's a single. Um, there's puncture wounds. It's. It looks yeah. like an animal attack almost. Okay, that's kind of where I was going. Mm -hmm. 
Is there any identifying like marks or an ID or anything on this body that I can find? Uh, as you go through and dig through it, you you can pull out a wallet. Cool. I will do that. That um, has. I know driver's licenses probably weren't a thing in the era, but there is some. There like was some a sort of ID card, card or something. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does this person have a name? They did. The card is too worn to make it out. Mm. So while Kevin is inspecting the body and as Rhett walks further into the alley to uh, convene with the spiritual realm, I think given my, you know, kind of knowing everybody in the borough relationship network uh, that I've built over the years, uh, are there, is this an alley where there are like escape uh, ladders coming down and back doors into tenement apartments or is this just a full-on brick no access other than the street alleyway because i'd like to kind of step out and around to see if anybody's nearby if i could speak with them to you know, there's a couple say, of fire hey, escapes and a couple of doors um okay they don't look like they've been used in a very long time okay hmm. this is so i'd like to go ahead I'd like to step then just back out on the street uh, and then see if there's a, a storefront or uh, entryway to a tenement building or brownstone front entrance, you know, close by to this alley and just go knock on the door and see if I can, you know, say, hey, did you notice any activity happening in here? Mm. Well, yes, I'm, you know, working with Mr. O'Neill and Gab, <laughs> private investigators, uh, into something that might have happened and... You know, mm. Just see if I can I can find any uh, anybody who saw anything or might have noticed anything. Cool. So on that note, there is actually a grocer uh, in one of the in one of the ground floors in uh, the next building over. the The name the name of this grocer is it a family's name? Is it a yep? It's Dickerson. Name? Like, can we Dickerson? 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 It's Dickerson's grocer. Dickerson. Dickerson's. I don't even know her sons. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) You are on fire today, Manny. For sure. And uh, the gentleman running the shop is like, yeah, no, it's uh, there was was some commotion last night. Uh, But uh, we thought it was just rats and a couple of dogs going at it again there was some you know grumbling crashing a couple of couple of sounds but didn't sound like didn't sound like nothing fancy hmm. well that's uh I thank you for sharing uh and I would probably then not clue in well, uh, here's my question: Do I do I pick up on that this is uh, the more monstery side of town that we're in? Like, is this someone of a not fully human nature, or is this uh, just some Joe Schmo running a? a this is this is Joe Schmo. Mm. Uh, okay. There's no. Oh. There's anything my long be... life has taught me. Yeah, this your intuition tells you that he's he's Joe Schmo. He's, he's gotcha. not on the monstrous well, side. 
I don't want to incite uh, fear and riots and chaos uh, amongst, you know, mundane mortal humans if I can avoid it. So I'm not going to say that, hey, there's a headless corpse drained of blood in their alleyway. Yeah, if they haven't haven't acquired that knowledge already. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, keep that that on the down low, right? So I just do the Homer fading into the hedge, (laughs) back out. (laughs) Um, It's weird that people haven't noticed this, though, right? If it happened last night, and like there's only one guy that's... You know what I would like to do? I would like to use my power called Fae Glamour... And are there, like, rats or pigeons or any sort of, like, animal that would live in this alley? Because I want to try to talk to it. Okay. See what it saw. Rats, pigeons, small animals Mm -hmm. should live in this alley. Mm. But there's not. Okay. You spot a couple of empty nests. Are there decapitated bodies in there? No. <laughs> of like the rats. <laughs> no, or that's, tiny that, little that's what I expected. I'm just imagining this yeah. is like someone going like, bird. ah, yes, I'm just going to walk around and decapitate everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured it's like rats. if it's like a monster that like eats brains or something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. The decapitator. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get a sense that there's any sort of magic kind of like repelling stuff from? Because it's weird that like. Mm-hmm. We're in an alley, and like, there's a dead body here, and like, the cops are not concerned about that, and like, no yeah. one noticed it, and there aren't rats and stuff. Um, the grocery just from a business, like, right on the a, hasn't gone back there. A world building standpoint question for you, Matt. Is mm-hmm. it did it throw Gab and Rhett and Kevin? Did it sound reasonable that the cops didn't care because it was some weird monster bullshit and it's not anything we concern ourselves with? Or did that did that ring any like alarm bells of oh that's unusual and not right? Mm. No, what it's the world building bit that uh, I was using to get away with the the cops sent him your way is this guy's known for coming up with fanciful stories and I swear I saw a vampire I swear okay. this thing and the cops are like oh yeah you saw another body yeah. Okay, yeah, go bother the yeah, people sure, who will actually deal yeah. with you. Okay, yeah. cool. That uh, private investigator, air quotes, Gab, yeah, he'll uh, he'll help you out. Go uh, <laughs> ask that guy. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense if I get the kind of people that show up and they, they see me reading a novel <laughs> and they're like, you're my guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that's the, uh, that's the hidden knowledge that uh, gotcha. wouldn't have been known otherwise. Okay. okay. But this guy yeah. has okay. never come to us before. No. Okay. So in character, we think it's kind of weird that the cops don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't got know it. why. Okay, cool. Okay. okay, but we don't know why. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, do you tell us about what you saw, Rhett? I think I I do. I think what happens, because you guys, we are all in the in the know um, about each other's identities. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you guys see is, I think, Rhett, you see him kind of take a couple of deep, you know, preparatory breaths and then walk into the alley and then just kind of stare around, (laughs) like, at walls. And it looks like I'm just, like, looking in random corners where there is nothing there. And I think um, 
I, I think it looks very normal. I think there's no outward sign that I'm like seeing anything. There's no weird colors or changes that come over <laughs> me. And uh, after a moment, I, I kind of come back over to the group. And this um, is, yeah, this is one more thing for you on your seeing beyond. Yes. <clears throat> You're used to seeing kind of an, an average number of spirits around at any given point. Okay. Because they're generally dead people or dead monsters. Yeah. Um, what is interesting for you is you saw the ones in that entry, the main alleyway. Sure. The turnoff where the body is. Judging by the general density of what you would see, you'd expect to see one or two hanging out in there. Yeah, from nearby apartment buildings yep. or businesses. They're gone. There's nothing, there is nothing moving that you can see. Huh. In the area with the body specifically. Huh. Okay. You, yeah. You I, tell us that, right? Yeah, I think I, I think I would wander over and, and yeah, I think I would share with the group. Yeah, you know, gentlemen, I, I, I saw, I saw something. It, it's um, almost like people, but on all fours, and there were two of them, and they were dragging something, presumably this poor guy, and um, it's otherwise weirdly quiet. Now, Rip, far be it from me to doubt your gifts and what have you, but when you do this kind of work that you do, do you only see spirits, or is it common for you to see echoes of the living interacting with the spirits? It's uncommon, rare, but it's happened occasionally. All right. So, because I, I was thinking maybe the people that drug this body were also dead themselves. Ooh. Can you confirm or deny that? I don't know that this ability would know that. I think if all three of them were dead, I think it would all look the same to me. Yeah, okay. Well, that that's why I was asking. Yeah. Like, could you tell I'm if they were alive? I haven't thought about if, that. If they were alive or... I, I will admit on the DM side, I am taking advantage of the fact you hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I don't and know. You, you what do you think it is? I'm going to be pulling, I'm going to hold that one to my chest for a little bit longer. Okay, I would say I, I don't know. Ooh. All right, so we may be looking for some either dead or undead creature that also deads or undeads other creatures. We do not have a lot to go on right now other than the absence of information. And I think at that point, that's when Elisha would come back around to where the, the group is having this discussion and catch kind of like the tail end of it. Yeah. And interject. Unfortunately, the grocer here next door was only able to speak of some racket that he attributed to dogs and cats and rats and other such urban vermin uh, mm. late at night. But there aren't urban vermin here, as you I th can see. I think the solution is very simple. Some sort of demon dog. Perhaps like we should go hound? in the place where hellhounds congregate, which I believe would be... And then Gab stares into space for a minute trying to come up with a place that he that you would find demon dogs. Pet smart? <laughs> uh. 
I don't think you've ever uh, experienced a marine camp before, so. <laughs> so, do, but do you in fact come up with any locations known to you where demon dogs would be? My first guess is the sewer. My second guess is a graveyard. What do you think? Ooh, actually, uh, is this something that I could use my web of contacts, uh, general power to see if the people I know would have any ideas on where something like that might be? Uh, yeah, actually, absolutely. That would be that would be a good one. Okay, um, so I'm gonna roll my uh, isolation die. I think before you, you do me? that. Um, okay. Isolation, I think, would work out right as the correct peril for it. But speaking of power rolls, um, something I'm going to house roll for the house rule for this. No, I'm, never mind. I'm not going to do that. You still have to add your important points before you roll it. Okay. So, I was I was debating being nice and saying if you roll and fail, you can choose to add the portent points to it. Mm. But no. You have to choose that from the beginning. You have to choose it from the beginning. Makes sense. Cool. Okay, well, uh, I think we're early on, so I will not uh, make that roll or add portents, uh, add to my portents yet. So I'm just going to roll it straight up with my d6. And then, oh boy, I'm adding a plus two, so we'll see. Mm. No, nope, I'm going to go ahead and just tap one. I'm going to tap one for my grateful forgetfulness. So okay. I'm going to take that to one. So I'm rolling a th- three total. Uh, so then your, yeah. your person's down by one then? So I they start at zero. Okay. So now my, my great forgetfulness is up to one. And that's awful because I rolled a one on a die. Oh, Oof. no. So, so-, ah, bah, bah, bah. so yeah, I strain my thoughts and you know he he pulls out his own little book of contacts like his little black book and he probably has a little red book of evil weird monster stuff or Mm. whatever color is appropriate for that stuff uh fans through it sits and is thoughtful and pensive looking for a moment and the deep creases in his brow as he furrows it and says oh I'm afraid hellhounds is a right out of my interaction here in the city over all these years. Quite odd now that I consider it for a moment. Um, and I just want it on the record, Matt, that I took the wallet from the... Like, I still have the wallet with, mm-hmm. like, the ID and whatever else is in the wallet. Even though I couldn't read the name, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. The cash. But you have it on you. Yeah. There was $2 still in it. Alright, I'm $2 richer. <laughs> I put that in my pocket. And was it was it just the two dollars and the faded ID card? Yep. Cool. What yep. kind of clothes was the body wearing, if any? Kind of. They were the. The other person was actually wearing nicer clothes. Mm. Okay. Um, it was. The, it was still. Cottons and wools, okay. But it was nicer cuts, finer made. Mm-hmm. Just. And could we tell, even though that, I want it said for the record that gender is a construct, but can we tell if this was a male, female, uh, body? This was a guy. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, went in, 
Uh, do I sense any sort of like fey influence here? Because there's there's we it's weird. It's weird. Fey influence is already the fey influence is around in this particular instance. Mm. You don't have any like fey sixth sense unless yeah. you want to try and roll for it. But mm. actually, you know what? I could. Hold on. There is a rule in here about montages and flashbacks for temporary powers. Oh. Players may create temporary powers, portents, or packs by making a power check with a target number based on the desired result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think I would like to do that. Okay. Um, you want to give yourself a face sense pow power? Yeah, and I think the way that um, I could do this is like in one of the like fights I had with my fetch, I like maybe got a bit of their blood or hair or something like that. So, like. And I made, like, a charm of something, so I had at least a little bit of a spider sense when they were around. But I think in learning to do that, um, I can, like... Or I kind of learned to make charms to wear... Uh, to, to sense if there's a fey within so many feet of me. Okay, yeah, I like this. Um... I am actually going to ask you to make a hardship roll on this. Hardship? Because this okay. is about the item and the charm that you had. Okay, cool. Mm. Um, cool, 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 cool. Would my fake glamour probably not apply, huh? I suppose you're not trying to look any different. Yeah. Um, it would still technically be a power check. You did use your fake glamour as part of this. Okay. I think this is part of your big magic though okay so i'll add one to that what'd you roll mm, i rolled a two uh -oh. so you got a three. Oh no so yeah. you've been you've uh you have made these charms before you know that they you know that they can work you don't currently have one of them on you yeah <sighs> i figured I almost did a portent thing. Okay, well, mm. I'm mad about it then. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, he's just like kicking himself and said, ah, "Fuck it, I should have always always carry cedar on you. Always carry cedar." Well, Kevin, I think I might do have an idea. I'm all is, Mr. Gab. <laughs> a rat king. Hmm. A rat king. A collection of rats rolled up into a ball. I know what a rat king is, my <laughs> friend. I just It haven't... clearly ate this man's head and then disappeared, and that's where all the rats went. I want to go around just, like, poking bricks to see if there's, uh, like, a hidden door or something like that. Is there anything I can do to, like, find a hidden door? You have that key. Or portal. Yeah, that that was going to be my next thing. I was like, you got to search for traps. Yeah, and then search for invisible traps. 
let's search for invisible traps. Uh, I could pop into Darla's and find, see if anyone there knows anything about something that um, eats heads and scares off rats. Yeah, I'm uh, struggling to find anything around here. Whoever did this did it very clean. Mm. Well, not very clean at all, according to the body, but... Well, I mean, everything but the body is clean, and that's the problem. Mm. Yeah. Should we pop into Darla's and give them a call? Sounds good to me. Let's go uh, to Darla's. May I suggest before departing that we make arrangements for this poor man's body and not leave oh. him moldering and decomposing yeah, in the gloomy light of this alleyway. Hmm. If for no other reason, then you may wish to inspect his wounds one more time, and even Sans' blood will, will say, become quite Is there any time. signs of, like, decay or anything on the body? Like, I know it's presumably only been, like, a night or so, but... It's had not, like, decomposed? Yeah. It's... It's not far enough in the process to to begin decomposing. Okay. Right. A, a a fine idea, Elisha. Um, you know your your wonderful Mister S has a fabulous car. <laughs> Perhaps he might do a pickup for us. <clears throat> I believe you might overestimate the services Mister Spielhofer provides to uh, my household. Oh. Well, I'm disappointed. Hmm. Well, what might kind be of again butler can't call get rid on of a body? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to get Do rid of Believe me, to being engaged in the illicit trafficking of goods and services and other criminal activities that you may come into contact with on a regular basis, Mister O'Neill, may be mistaken. Hmm. Perhaps we just call the city mortuary to bring this poor body away. That's a good point. The police may not be be interested, but the morticians certainly. Mm. <laughs> what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, I think that's a good idea. I'm wondering if the police would be more interested if it wasn't coming from Bill Tyler. Who, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Turns out old Bill actually did see a dead body for once. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all want to go to a speakeasy? What time of day is it? It's gotten to uh, mid to late afternoon for you guys at this point. Speakeasy (laughs) o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere, Mr. Wilford. Wilford. (laughs) Wilford. (laughs) Let's try that again. (laughs) It's five o'clock somewhere, Mr. Winfield. (laughs) Got it in one. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it in one. And is Darla's a ways off uh, many or is it pretty close by? Oh, it is right around the corner and I lead everyone <laughs> around the corner out of eyeshot of like the Mondays and I take my key out and stick it in a wall and turn it and a door opens up. Oh, Do nice. I have to roll for any of this? Like, No. Oh, okay, cool. Darla's, the, the fact that it was an anywhere key, mm-hmm. all you have to do is find a door, mm-hmm. put it in the do- put it in the keyhole, oh. turn it. Yeah. And then open it, and it's a one-time use to Darla's. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So cool. Nice. Problem is, you're not all, you're not 
you're not a hundred percent certain where you're going to end up when you're leaving. Darla's. That's that's the drawback. Yeah. So Darla's oh. is. I sort of assume that Darla's is in the same place all the time. Yes. We key into it. We and then we walk out the front door of Darla's and we're Which always is in the same place. A different yeah. place. Oh, but you don't always place. have to key. Sure. You don't always have to walk out the front door of Darla's. Oh, I see. So if you use the key to get back out of Darla's, you could pop out. Anywhere. Who knows? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Neat. Yeah, so we walk into Darla's. <laughs> Through the door. Yep. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start start with you. Um, why don't you uh, plug plug this game, plug your socials, where can we find it, um, where can we find you? Hey everybody, it's your friend Will Phillips. You can find me very creatively named on Twitter and depending on the date you are listening to this podcast, possibly over on cohost.org. Also, as Will Phillips, super hard to remember. You can also <laughs> find everything you need for Hexing Tide, my TTRPG of minimalist, monstrous role-playing, on hexingtide.com. That'll take you to my game blog, which has links to free pay-what-you-want downloads on itch.io, the players group on Facebook, and, if I do say so myself, a very lovely curated Pinterest mood board. <laughs> if you have any questions, any interests, would love to hear from you. Amazing. Love it. Everybody, go to hexandhead.com. Go to itch.io. Buy the game with real money. Support <laughs> the artist. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that, Will. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, let's, see, let's finish out our other plugs. Uh, what do we all want to plug? I will plug the... Uh, I'm going to plug the table at Discord, as usual. Come right. join the Discord, interact with us. It's about the only place I'm any kind of social on the internet. <laughs> I have two plugs this week. One is, if you like my sultry voice uh, in your podcast receptacle holes, <laughs> otherwise called your ears, <laughs> I... I appreciate you defining that meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Confused. <laughs> We're going to earn that explicit tag. Um... <laughs> I have another podcast where uh, I GM uh, an evil D&D campaign set in a world where the Dark Lord won, and all of the main characters are entry-level employees of an evil corporation. It is called Lesser Evil, and it should be on your podcatcher of choice. Hopefully, if not by the time this drops, then shortly thereafter. So stay tuned. We're We're evil underscore pod on all the socials. The second thing, um, I'm a, I'm a DM for hire now, y'all. I like get paid to DM and stuff. Uh, I if you would like me to run um, a adventure for you, um, check us out at uh, Bad Wolf Studios, Bad Wolf Adventure Studios in Twin Cities area, and you can engage my services. That's awesome. All right, you got any plugs? No. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Tablet. You can find us at micro underscore RPGs on Twitter or email us at micro RPGs at gmail.com. Uh, our theme this episode is Chill Vibra Jazz by Danny Dory, and we'll see you all for the next episode. Yay! Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.